Okay. So when I was 11 years old, I su- suffered severely from a severe case of boredom. I was a kid who just, I just had to be active. I had to be out riding my bike. I had to be doing something fun, hands-on. I was a very active kid, and my dad wasn't around. So from seven years old to, uh, I was 11 at this time. And so I, I suffered from boredom, especially, it, it, be, it really sunk in around this time of year, summertime, when there wasn't school, and I had a lot more free time on my hands to get in trouble. You know, a lot, a lot more free time to roam around and do things that I shouldn't be doing. And so one summer night, as an 11-year-old, I was pondering on my bed, like, what can I do that would be fun? And so I decided I would take, when my mother went to sleep, she was a single mom with three kids. I was the oldest of three. And I decided that I would take my mom's Ford Bronco 2 for a joyride. I decided that when she goes down, I'm going to grab the keys, sneak out the window, and that's what I did, snuck out the window, Got into that car. I told another friend who was older than me, hey, you know, meet me over here. We'll go cruising. We'll go pick up some folks and we'll have some fun. And so that was my plan. In my mind, I I had it planned out. This is what I'm going to do. Ford Bronco 2. I get in it and I did not know how to drive. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know anything. And so I get in. I turn it on and I'm like back and forth. It's not even a standard. It was an automatic. And I like I had I had no skill whatsoever to even get that vehicle out of the parking lot. I was 11 years old and I shouldn't have been even trying. I had a bunch of foolishness bound up in my heart and I thought that I could handle this vehicle. Well, sure enough, my mom's friend who lived in an apartment complex saw from the second story window. She saw me out there going and she calls my mom. And my mom comes out, and I'm there in the car, and I see my mom, and my heart just drops. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. So my mom, half asleep, comes out. She gets me, parks the car, and she's she's just, she's upset. I got grounded or whatever. Something really bad happened, okay? It just wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for me. My, My suffering of boredom didn't get any better from that experience. And that was just one of many foolish things that I tried to pull off and did pull kid as a young person. And, and, and unfortunately, that's bled into my adulthood at, at times as well, too. I've made foolish decisions. I've made very foolish decisions where I hurt myself or where I hurt others. And the Bible teaches us to get wisdom. And wisdom will save us from so much pain if we'll get it. It'll save us. You know, I, I could have wrecked that car. If I would have made it out of the parking lot, you know, those Ford Bronco 2s, by the way, they got recalled because there was, they, they were getting flipped all the time. Like they were smaller and they were higher off the ground and folks were flipping them. I probably would have rolled that thing and, and got hurt, you know, and I'm just thankful that, uh, that more damage wasn't done. And so, so last week we looked at um, Proverbs chapter 4 and we talked about what wisdom, what wisdom is. We talked about wisdom uh, being skill for living. Wisdom is the skill and the art of living with each facet of life under God's authority. We talked about having the priority of getting wisdom and all that you're getting, get wisdom. Don't go through life without wisdom. Save yourself some pain because if you don't get wisdom, you got a painful road ahead of you, a broken, painful, destructive road ahead of you. And those of us who are parents, 
We want to do everything we can to prepare our children to live well in this life, to live well now, and then to prepare them for when we, we let them go off into the world and grow up and have their own families. We want them to get wisdom. And so Proverbs 1 through chapter 9, uh, there are several times, about 10 times or more, Solomon it, it starts the, the section or this chapter with this phrase, my son. My son, my son, here, listen, be attentive, treasure my words, seek wisdom, get wisdom. And so Solomon, as a parent, is passing on wisdom to his children. And we talked about that last week, how wisdom is priority, get wisdom, and wisdom is parentally transferred. It is the responsibility of parents, of fathers and mothers, to train their children to live well. To train them in the skill and the art of living well under the authority of God. All right? And so last week we, we talked about wisdom being like driving. Wisdom is like driving. Uh, it teaches us how to live well in this life. Uh, to drive well or to live well, you need sound judgment, attentiveness to the road, and you need to follow the rules. If you drive and you don't have sound judgment and you're not attentive to the road, you're doing this. Oh, who texted me? You know, or you're checking the news or notifications. How many of y'all are guilty of this? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here too. You are more likely, there's, the probability is higher of you getting in an accident if you're not attentive, if you don't have sound judgment, you don't know, you don't have a good enough judgment to decide when should I make this turn and step on the gas or when should I step on the brake and you need sound judgment, you need to follow the rules. The more you break the rules and, and you know, run through uh, stoplights or, or stop signs or you go faster than you should be going, the more likely you are to get in a wreck. Life is like that. Life is like that, and wisdom is, is like learning to drive, learning to, to use sound judgment in life, learning to just pay attention, engage. What's God saying through this circumstance or these circumstances? What are my counselors saying? What's, what's being communicated to me? And Proverbs teaches us how to follow the rules. It teaches us, it teaches us godly values to have as a family, as individuals. It teaches us virtues. So as you read through the book of Proverbs, we're actually in our Bible reading plan. We are now in the book of Proverbs. And as you're reading through Proverbs, filter the Proverbs through this grid. Like what is it, what is the virtue that's being promoted in the proverb? Okay, what's the value that's being communicated or taught through this proverb? And then what are the vices that, that are being highlighted for disapproval in, in this proverb? What's it warning us from? If we get wisdom in life, it'll save us a lot of pain. So we talked about that last week. It's priority. It's parentally transferred. And wisdom teaches us to consider our path. Consider what path we're on and its outcome. Like, like make sure that you're counting the cost and you're weighing the pros and the cons of life or death, wisdom or folly, um, health or sickness, justice or injustice, and so on. And so we looked at the contrast all throughout the book of Proverbs. It presents these contrasts. Here's one way. Here's the other way. And we're exhorted in Proverbs to choose the best way, choose the good way. And I think most of us here desire to do that. Most of us here have done that. But, but none of us here have grown out of our need to get wisdom and pursue wisdom. So wisdom is like driving. So today we're going to finish up Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, the second half of it. And this is the big idea. This is where we're going. So last week we talked about following the way of wisdom. Okay? 
We talked about Solomon and how Solomon, he, he, he asked God for wisdom and it pleased God. God appeared to him in a dream and he said he could have asked for riches. He could have asked for his enemies to get conquered. He could have asked for glory and fame. But he asked for sound judgment to, to lead the people of God well. And it pleased God. And God gave him that. And you know what? God threw in all the other stuff too. You know, God gave him the sound judgment so that he can lead well and lead wisely. And, and there was this awesome story about these ladies who, you know, said, my baby died and this is my baby. And, and Solomon was like, cut it in half. And, and, and the lady who said, no, 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 don't spare the life of the child. He discovered that that was the, the mother. And so all of Israel stood in awe of his wisdom. They stood in awe that this guy is really wise. He was the wisest man. That walked the earth. He started and lived well for a while, but then one of the tragic things and irony about Solomon's life is that he didn't finish well. See, not everybody who starts well or runs well finishes well. And in Scripture, we're exhorted over and over and over to have endurance, to have perseverance, to continue strong. Because it doesn't matter how swift and fast you are, you can be. So wisdom teaches us to live faithful, consistent. It teaches us how to how to walk in a secure way, how to walk in a, in, in financially how to how to handle ourselves financially in such a way that we don't damage ourselves and others it teaches us how to how to check our attitudes and our words it teaches us how to parent it teaches us how to do well at work and so on and so we need wisdom we need wisdom for this life here's the big idea to stay on the path of wisdom one must keep their eyes and ears attentive to wisdom and guard their heart and their mouth so that's where we're going guard your heart and your mouth keep your eyes and your ears attentive to wisdom. So the way that we get wisdom, as we talked about last week, is tuning our ears towards God and asking him for it and absorbing it, taking it in, walking with other wise people, spending time in the scripture, letting God speak to you, get wisdom. And then the way to stay on the path of wisdom is, is to keep, keep your ears and your eyes attentive to what God is saying. He's speaking through every circumstance of life. As one, one man put it like this, every happening, great and small, is a parable whereby God speaks to us. And the art of life is to get the message. The art of life is to get the message. So like if you keep wrecking your car because you're driving too fast, like get the message, like slow down, you know? Or, or if there's something health-wise, you keep bringing health issues on because of some foolish decisions and get the message and stop eating that certain food or whatever. You know, there's, there's plenty of things that, that God's trying to communicate messages to us through life circumstances. And unfortunately, it takes pain for us to, to really hear the message. Those of you who have children know that sometimes you have to induce some pain for the message to get a little bit clearer to them. Uh, Proverbs t teaches us that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it out of them. And so sometimes we need our Heavenly Father to give us some discipline, some instruction, and it hurts. It doesn't feel good, but we get the message. It's like, okay, God, I heard you this time. I'm going to respond. I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what you said. I'm listening. Speak your servant hears. I'm listening, right? So we can save ourselves some pain. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. 
put away from your put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so here's the first thing. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. If you're going to stay on the path of wisdom, keep your focus. Okay? Uh, Those of you uh, who are traveling and going on vacation uh, this summer, and you're going to be driving long uh, long distances, Keep your eyes on the road. Be attentive to the road. Or otherwise, you'll, you'll swerve. You'll veer off and you'll hear that. And then you'll wake up, right? You know, like keep your eyes on the road. Be attentive. Be attentive and be aware of what's going on around you, what's happening around you, the weather conditions and where you're at. Read the road signs, you know, get the tune in to what's going on around you. And so, so this is repeated over and over Throughout the book of Proverbs, over and over throughout the book of Proverbs, we hear uh, this fatherly uh, exhortation to listen, to accept his words, to do not forget, keep, pay attention, gain, lay a hold of, do not forsake, store up, guard his words, all within these first nine chapters of Proverbs. And so if we're going to stay on the path, we need to focus, we need to concentrate, we need to listen. Unfortunately, we have some things within our culture that has dumbed down our attention. This digital age that we've been living in since smartphones, since TVs and, and like the, the commercials and like the, the, there's a fight to keep our attention. Billboards. There's so much we're being confronted with and bombarded with each day to grab our attention. And wisdom is saying, hey, hey, come follow me. Listen. Listen, be, be tender. God is saying, hey, listen to me, son, daughter. Listen to my voice. And we have this battle. Those of us who are parents know that it's a battle to get our children's attention at times, right? And so we have to repeat things. We have to say things over and over. We have to train them over and over and over until they get the message, right? Uh, and then we got these fidget spinners now, right? And so we got these fidget spinners, we got tablets, and we got smartphones, and we got all these things that affect our attention, right? And so this is a challenge for us in our culture. I'm not, if you got a fidget spinner, I'm not looking down on you. I know fidget spinners are the thing right now. Um, actually, at the very end of service, we will have a time for fidget spinning, okay? Uh, <laughs> While we're praying for folks and doing the ministry time, you can spin the fidget spinners all you want, okay? Let that be your, your meditation as, as we're praying for folks, all right? Prayer for deliverance, too. You can bring, bring your kids up for deliverance for prayer over uh, the fidget spinning. So be attentive. Focus. Get your ears and your eyes focused on the Lord. Focus in on what God's saying. Uh, look straight ahead. Ponder the path of your feet. Uh, don't swerve to the right or to the left. And so, so if we're going to live well in this life, we're going to walk in wisdom. We've got to focus. We've got to be attentive. We've got to listen. We've got to engage. And if, if, if you're like me and you struggle with focusing, like, and, and like growing up as a kid, I struggled with reading and, and grasping stuff. I had to reread over and over and over and still do. When I read the Bible, I have to like read it over and over and over, and I like got I to gotta meditate on it. I've got to focus and refocus and refocus and refocus. And then at some point, I get it. I get the message. 
And so if you struggle like me with focusing and your attention being focused on God and on his word, refocus. Just keep refocusing, refocus, refocus until you get the message. Train yourself to listen to what God is saying. Train yourself to to give your attention to him. Keep your ears and your eyes focused. Listen. Listen to wise counselors. So why is there a raccoon on on the screen? There is a story about a woman who took in a raccoon as a pet. Took in a raccoon as a pet. Why don't more people take in raccoons as pets? They're so cute. They're good size. They're like a small dog, the size of a small dog. Well, she had a friend named Gary Richmond who was a former zookeeper. And he tells about the experience of her friend with the raccoon. And he explains that he explained that raccoons go through this uh, glandular, glandular change at about 24 months. And after that, they often attack their owners. Since a 30-pound raccoon can be equal to a 100-pound dog in a scrape, Richmond, the, the zookeeper, felt compelled to warn his young friend named Julie about the change coming to her pet raccoon. She listened politely as he explained the coming danger, and she responded by saying what, what people always say, it'll be different for me. It'll be different for me. She smiled and added, Bandit wouldn't hurt me. He just wouldn't do that. He's a good raccoon. Three months later, Julie underwent plastic surgery for facial, facial lacerations sustained when Bandit attacked her. For no apparent reason, Bandit was released into the wild. How many of us have been like this woman, Julie, who have heard wise counsel from somebody who has experience, training, uh, insight, and we're like, no, that, that just won't happen to me. I'm different. I'm a Christian, and I pray, and I know what I'm doing, and just bad things don't happen to me. You know, how many, how many of us have been like that, where we didn't heed our counselors, we didn't hear, heed those who have experience, those, those who know better than we do, who've walked ahead of us, who have a little more insight in life, and then... We get, we, we get scarred because of a foolish decision, like taking in a raccoon for a pet. So message for today, don't take in raccoons for a pet, okay? So the next thing is that if we're going to stay on the path of wisdom, we need to keep our hearts full. We need to keep our hearts full, full of wisdom, full of truth, full of life, full of love, full of everything that God has for us. He says, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Store up sound wisdom, sound judgment, insight, knowledge. Store it up in your heart. Keep it in your heart. Keep your ears and your eyes attentive to wisdom and then store it up in your heart because one day you're going to need it. One day you're going to need it, right? Right? And so there are certain things that can, like catastrophes that can happen that it's, it's not time to, to turn to YouTube when it's happening to you. You know, like, in a, like a car accident. Like it, when you're driving down the road, it's not time to, to pull out YouTube and look at, well, what do I do? What does this sign mean? Or what do I do when this happens? Uh, You've got to make a, de- a decision, a judgment right there in that moment. And for those of us who store up wisdom in our hearts, we're going to be better equipped and prepared for what life brings towards us, for the decisions. There are plenty of things that happen in life that aren't written clearly in Scripture. You're supposed to do this. 
take this job, marry this person, whatever. You know, there's many things that it's not, it doesn't clearly say do this with your life. But there are principles and truths and sound wisdom for us to glean from in Scripture that will help prepare us make the best decision. Uh, So like when it comes to friendships, you know, he who walks with wise people will be wise. But a, a friend or a companion of fools will be destroyed. So don't hang out with fools. You know, hang out with wise people, people who are seeking God and and so on. So keep your heart full. Keep your heart full. Your heart is like a reservoir for out of it springs the issues of life. What do you have to offer your family around you? What what are you storing up and keeping your heart full of for your coworkers who know you? Do you have sound wisdom Words of encouragement, words of life to give to them because you have been storing up in your heart words of sound wisdom, of insight. So keep your heart full for they are life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. You know, just as, as, as I started studying for this series, this wisdom series, I have been experiencing life just meditating on words of wisdom. It's been so refreshing. I'm more excited about the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job than I ever have been uh, because I just see my need to get wisdom in this life so I can live well and so that I can lead well. I can lead my family well. I can lead in this church well. We need wisdom from God. Amen. So we can finish well and not be like Solomon who at the end of his life, he started well. He had things going for him well. He had, he had lots of wisdom. But then at the end of his life, he, he married uh, foreign wives. He took on a lot of wives and he did what the scriptures actually warned against doing and it led his heart astray. So keep your heart full of wisdom so that when, when, when there are decisions to make, when there are decisions to make, you will be ready to make the right decision. Amen? So keep your heart pure is the next thing. My son, be attentive to my words. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. If your heart is like a spring, if your heart is like a spring that uh, James uh, describes our mouth being like a, um, our mouth being a, uh, like a water fountain. Uh, and so from our heart, our mouth speaks, right? Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if, if, we're, if the things that come from our heart, our words and our actions, uh, if our heart's like a reservoir, we want to keep that pure. You don't want somebody to tap into your, your water source where you're, what, where you're getting your water, the water tower that go, feeds into your house and put any kind of contaminated substances in your water, do you? Of course not. You want pure water. You will pay. I, we will pay for pure water. Right? We want pure, clean water that's not going to cause any harm to us. And so we need to guard our hearts. Our heart is the central part of our being that we need to protect. The way that we guard it is guard what we take in through our ears, what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're, what we're thinking on, what we're pondering. And so we need to keep our heart full and we need to keep our heart pure if we're going to stay on the path of wisdom, if we're going to lead well. Pure. St. Augustine said this, that the key to life change is not acts of the will, but loves of the heart. The key to life change is not acts of the will, but loves of the heart. What, what are your heart affections going after? 
If, if you want to change your life, your heart needs to change. If you need to, to get free from a habit, if there's a vice that is dominating your life and you need freedom from it, you need heart change. Not just outward conformity, like I'm not going to do this or that. You, your heart, your love for that thing needs to be changed. The metaphor implies not only that life has its fountains in the heart, but also that the direction which it takes is determined by the heart. And so again, from your heart, your mouth speaks. Uh, James describes your mouth as being like a rudder of a ship which directs, or being like a little fire that can destroy a whole forest, or being like a fountain that brings refreshing and delight. So keep your heart full and keep your heart pure. And then watch what you say. Keep, Keep a watch over your mouth. Proverbs has so much to say about our words the things that we say verse 24 says put away from you crooked speech and devious talk put it far from you proverbs 18:21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits your words have power to impact people's lives around you you can say things either that hurt or that heal you can say things that either destroy or help build up uh, Derek Kinder, a uh, commentator, says, speaking of crooked speech, says, cynical chatter, fashionable grumbles, flippancy, and half-truths would all qualify as crooked speech. And that if we're going to live well in this life and, and, and live a good life uh, and, and lead our family into living a good life, then we need to have our tongues tamed. And if we're going to have our tongues tamed and we're going to get a rain on our tongues, then we need to have our hearts changed. And if we're going to have our hearts changed, then we need to have our ears and our eyes tuned in to God and tuned into his word and what he's saying. Amen. Your words overflow from your heart. Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, that a good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and an evil person out of the evil treasure Uh, produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks your your words are are like a gauge on where you're at in life your spiritual condition emotional condition uh, how you're a gauge on relationships the way that you're communicating the the things that you say or don't say in a relationship it's kind of like a gauge it's it's it they reflect what's going on under the hood right so like when your oil light's on or when you're out of gas, uh, it tells you there's you need some service done. Okay, there's you got to check engine light on. Anybody got to check engine light on in your car right now? You need something done under the hood. You need a tune up. You need you need some attention on the motor. You need some attention on the central part that makes this thing go. Your heart, your heart. And so our words are so important, guys. There is so much the Bible has to say about our words that we let come out of our mouths. And so we need God to change our hearts. We need God. We need to watch our mouth. And we need God's help to watch our mouth. Uh, It even says in James that no man can tame the tongue. It's this unruly evil. And even us at times, we, we can struggle with, like, taming it. We need the Spirit of God to empower us, to help us. And that's why there's some prayers in, in the book of Psalms that I want to encourage you to pray. If, if your tongue has been like a fire that just destroys, uh, like, a, like a rudder of a ship that sends people in the wrong direction, um, or like a fountain that's producing bitter water, 
towards those around you. Pray these prayers. Ask God, uh, Psalm 141, 3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Okay, with your children. If, if you're struggling with saying things to your children that you shouldn't say or in a manner you shouldn't say it, God, help me. Set a guard over my mouth. Uh, Psalm 19, 14, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so I think we need these, these things in our lives if we're going to be, if we're going to continue on the path of wisdom. We need, to, uh, we need to guard our hearts. We need to keep our hearts pure. We need to keep our hearts fuel, full. We need to listen. We need to watch our mouths. Watch what we're saying. Put away crooked speech. Anything that's destructive that we're saying that we, we know we shouldn't be saying. Uh, young people really encourage you especially the way that you talk to your parents watch what you say to them honor them with your words and in your heart respect them because i tell you what when i was a young person when i was a young person i spoke some some pretty bad things over my parents Uh, i had a lot of junk in my heart foolishness anger hurt in my heart and when i was 15 14 years old I told my dad these words, I hate you, I wish you would die, I wish you would burn. So I told, told my father, my own father, I cursed my father verbally uh, with my words. And um, unfortunately, even six months later, the very thing that I said to my dad came to pass. Like he was burnt in a house fire and he died. And I went and saw him in Houston and he was burned and he lived 45 days after that and and I apologize. And so watch, watch your mouths. There's power for life. There's power for death. There's power for life in the things that you say. Let's be those who are filled with life, filled with wisdom, filled with love, filled with grace. And we speak that into others. Amen. For application here and finishing, I want to encourage us to establish healthy boundaries with our smartphones, media, TV, etc. The things that grab our attention. The things that make it hard for us to just read our Bible without being pulled away every five minutes. The things that make it hard for us to engage in good quality family time when we're there with our kids and our wives or we're there with other friends or family because we're, we're checking you know, messages or notifications. I mean, this is, there's, there's a lot of research being done on what these things are doing to us. They're they're, they're, they're they're hindering us to be who God's called us to be and do what God's called us to do. We need good, healthy boundaries. We need to be intentional about not letting these devices control us. They're great tools for being, making an impact, doing business, and, and influencing people, but, but they're terrible masters. They're great tools, but terrible masters. So establish healthy boundaries with the media and the, the devices and the things that grab your attention that don't actually spiritually help you. They don't, they don't actually benefit you. And then store up wisdom in your heart by meditating on Scripture. Spend time just chewing on Scripture. Focus, refocus, focus, refocus, focus, refocus. Just spend time digging into that Word. Let it go deep within you. And then pause Pause and think before you speak, okay? Just because you had a thought come to your mind, it doesn't mean you should say it. Just because you had a thought come to your mind, it doesn't mean you should say it. 
Proverbs has so much to say about this. And even it says, even a fool is considered wise when he holds his tongue. Even a fool. They think, man, that, that guy is really smart. He's really wise. Because he didn't say anything. Even a fool is considered wise when he, when he holds his tongue, when he controls his tongue. Wise people control their tongues well. Wise people listen well. They, they got wise by listening. God's given us two ears and one mouth for a reason, to listen twice as much as we speak. And so if we're going to get wise and wisdom and understanding and knowledge, and we need to listen. And knowledge, by the way, is wisdom is not so much about knowledge. Wisdom is the appropriate use and application of knowledge. Fools can have knowledge and then destroy themselves and others with the knowledge that they have. Knowledge puffs up. But wise people, you give instruction and knowledge to a wise person, and he increases in learning. He becomes even wiser. You correct or instruct a wise person, he's going to hear it. He's listening. What, what's, what's, what's being communicated through this message? And let's just ask the Lord as we talk about this issue of wisdom and walking in wisdom and living well in this life. God, what is your most pressing issue with us? What area in our life have we been foolish, caused pain to ourselves or to others that you want to help us with, that you want to step in and give us the resources, give us the insight, give us the ability to make skillful, good decisions? What is it? Is it your finances? Is it your marriage? Is it your parenting? Your your kids, working with your kids? Is it your job? Situation with your job? Is it your words? The things that you've let come out of your mouth recently? Are you convicted by the things that you said that you know you shouldn't have said? And you can't take those back. Those overflowed from your heart. That doesn't have to be a waste if you'll learn the lesson. Though it's a painful lesson. So Lord, give us wisdom. 